This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. If you visit Detroit, if you are from Detroit, or if you live in Detroit, you never knew all this culture was alive and thriving here. This is the Detroit is Different Festival. October 24th through October 27th, join us at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48238. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com and get your tickets today. What's up, people? It's me, Ramon. Welcome to the podcast that will entertain, educate, and inform you. Grab a ball and get ready for this serving of cornbread and caviar. What's up, people? It's me, Ramon. I'm your host, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of Cornbread and Caviar, the podcast that will entertain, educate, and inform you. Thank you for joining us today for what promises to be an edible experience. Follow us on Instagram at Eat Cornbread and Caviar, and feel free to hit us up at Eat Cornbread and Caviar at gmail.com. We'd like to hear from you thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, ideas, show ideas, positive feedback, negative feedback, whatever it is we want to hear from you. Today I'm joined by one of my hardest working producers and co host, the phenomenal, never to be underestimated, the pretty boy himself. Good morning, everybody. Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Yes, you did. It's Maria <laughs> Renee. <laughs> Just kidding, everybody. It's James Brandon, a.k.a. Brandon the Stallion. Good morning. Good morning, James. Good morning. And unfortunately, this morning, we don't have the beautiful, voluptuous, resident voice of hospitality and custodian of truth, my sister, Miss Maria Renee. Who is, is the un- one who typically asks if you miss her, but... Is it unfortunate? Oh, the shade is real. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you, sis. <laughs> Listen, Miss Maria Renee worked all night long in the ER, so mm-hmm. she is a medical health professional. She's in the ER all night, so we said stay home, get some rest, and that is the benefit of having a triad, three people recording on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I will always be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, actually, before we get going, people, um, actually, you can put this into the shout outs. So shout out to Detroit is different. We having a festival, y'all. All 18 podcasts that are part of Detroit is different. We will be having our festival October 24th through 27th um, at the Andy Arts at 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48238. So if you are in Detroit, um, you should come and support. It'll be like this whole three-day situation. It's going to be amazing. Well, it's four days. I'm sorry. That whole four-day situation, that is amazing. Um, Winky will be in town. My bestie, Perry. You guys are familiar with him. Uh, hey, Perry. Yeah, hey, Perry. Why are you whispering? <laughs> uh, he's like, hey, Perry. <laughs> yes, Perry will be in town. He'll be manning the booth with us. So... Um, yeah, so again, that is the Detroit is Different Festival, October 24th through 27th. 
That's at the Andy Arts at 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48238. Now, for tickets and information, please go to www.detroitisdifferent.com. That is www.detroitisdifferent.com. And that's also my birthday weekend, so be prepared to bring me gifts. <laughs> I love money and more money. And I like expensive things as well. So if you just happen to stop by Somerset and you want to pick up a pair of, you know, nice like Celine or Fendi sunglasses, I'll take those as well. What if the people are listening and they're not in Michigan or Detroit area? Where should they mail your gifts? Why don't you give them your home address? Just slide into the Cornbread and Caviar DMs. This is the only time I'm going to say that you guys can do that. Um, just kidding. You know, you can do that whenever you want to, but you know, just message me there and we can arrange something and you can send me gifts cause, um, I deserve it. Yes, you do. James, you do Thank deserve you. all the gifts. Thank you. I am going to go onto Amazon and I'm going to purchase your gift. It will be no more than $5. Mm-mm. I already said what I wanted. If you guys want to go in together on my gift, it's okay. They think what four eighty five? I think it was it's Maria Renee and I <laughs> gonna scrape together some pennies <laughs> to buy you a four hundred five hundred dollar pair of glasses that look big and gaudy. That didn't Rihanna make them? Yes, they're Fenty. They're luck. <sighs> Not to be confused with Fendi, but Fenty. Fenty, mm. yeah, Fenty. Well, Robin, Rihanna. Okay. So, yes, the Detroit is Different Festival. We're excited. I'm looking at the, the uh, flyer, and we are in the top row, cornbread and caviar. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Top two, and we aren't number two. Okay. Bloop. So, <sighs> shout outs. That was our first, that was my shout out. What is your shout out today? Today is a chill episode, by the way. It's going to be a little educational. Because mm-hmm. we actually, the whole Cornbread and Caviar team, including Maria Renee, we're going somewhere today at 1030, which is an hour and a half, to learn about something that we're then going to come back and talk to you about on one of the podcast shows in the very near future. So we are taking some time to go gather data for you, information, and bring it back to you. So it's a chill episode. It's an educational episode. So we just chill accent. Mm-hmm. Short episode, not super long, but maybe because we like to talk, but we'll you see how like it goes. We're not going to rush it out because we're going to give you quality, but we're going to just get through this and see what we get so we come out, you know? Mm-hmm. So your shout out, what's your shout out, Jay? I don't know. Shout out to Teen Teen because I think she's going to Coco. Shout out to my mom always. Shout out to <laughs> he school, looks so devilish. school starts in a couple weeks. So I have younger siblings. I have a nine-year-old brother and a five-year-old brother. And Ooh. they will be back in school, which means peace and quiet for a short period of time throughout the day. But actually, um, with your new schedule and your new world, you are gone and they're gone. So by the time you get back home, they're back home. Yeah, but they'll be tired. Oh. From school. So they're just going to want to come home and just be on their iPads because they wouldn't have had to, because they're not going to be on them all day like normal. So they're going to want to come home and be on their iPads, which means that they won't bother me. 
Except Tanner. Tanner will still Tanner will me. always find time yes. to bother you. <laughs> Brandon, can I come upstairs? Yes, he will. So I love my little Tanner. So, But shout out to everybody going back to school. I know I said that last week, but woo-hoo, it's exciting. I'm Yay. excited to start school in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, there's my shout out for the day. Okay. So I'm not going to start. So my plan is to start my master's program in January. Maybe next fall, but January right now, but no later than next fall. But I am going to start some training for with H and R blocks. I want to learn how to do taxes. I think having that extra piece of knowledge is very powerful because taxes is a great way to know how to make to, to make money. And I'm not talking about tax preparation. I'm talking about having knowledge to learn and know tax laws and how they could be applicable to your personal uh, economy. So. Um, I'll be sharing stuff with you as I learn it. And of course I'll use it to make money by actually preparing people's taxes, obviously duh, but more than anything, my goal is to learn so I can use that information and then use it in my personal economy, then share it with you, my listeners. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. And also I think that this is kind of a shout out to, I guess, but um, I'm really interested in learning skilled trades now. Yeah. I went, you know, my grandpa was really good at carpentry and, all that stuff, just, you know, like uh, Joseph, Jesus' daddy, you know, good at carpentry. And I want to learn carpentry. Um, I want to learn electrical stuff and plumbing and HVAC. I want to learn all that stuff because it all build into me being a realtor and acquiring homes, making them really nice, and then selling them at reasonable prices to my people because I really want all of my people to have some ownership on a piece of land, on something, I think that's very valuable. Mm-hmm. As we talked about a couple episodes ago, we talked about renting versus owning. Okay, so that's it. So I did not prepare a random question of the day, but I'm sure I can figure out one from the top no, of my head. No, it's okay. We don't really have time. Oh yes, we do. No, we don't. We always have time. We don't actually have time. We have somewhere to be. <laughs> So we don't have time for you to figure this out. Give me a second. You know, we have time. We've got somewhere to be, but we are still going to give quality to our listeners. And some people really enjoy the random question of the day. So I want to make sure I give them a random question of the day. Here is the random question of the day. If you could be a member, any person of the opposite sex right now, who would you be? Rihanna. Why? She's a bad bitch. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just, I've always loved Rihanna. Since like middle school, I've been obsessed with Rihanna. She's a fashion icon. Um, I love her music, just the way she styles herself. She's, she expresses herself through her clothing and through her music. And I've always been able to relate to that. Um, and then right now she's literally building an empire with, Fenty Beauty, Savage Fenty. She's had her collabs with Fenty Puma and Fenty and Stance. And now she has her luxury house um, of clothing with LVMH, which is just Fenty. So she's coming for everybody coin. And, <laughs> you know, she's always just living her life. And I love that. So what about you? But I'm already a woman. So should oh. I choose a man? then uh biologically i'm assuming you are a man so okay all right i'm fish though so you know be yourself yeah 
Now, who would you be? Mm. Ramonisha. Who the fuck is Ramonisha? <laughs> you. No. I literally, honestly, would be probably Beyonce or Oprah, only because I want to feel what it's like. Well, first of all, to have a shitload of money. I want to have. I want to know what it feels like to have a billion dollars in the elevator. That's a heavy ass elevator. <laughs> but I really want to know what it's like to be able to influence a mass of people, like a whole lot of people. I mean, a lot of celebrities have that. Even Ariana Grande. Then you tell me that Selena Gomez had a lot of followers at some point. I think she has over a hundred million. Beyonce has over a hundred million. Um, shit, you could even be Kim Kardashian and know what it's like to influence a whole bunch. Yeah, of people. she has over a hundred million. Kylie has over a hundred million. That's so, the point. I want to yeah. feel that power and being someone who can influence a lot of people. I think that's dope. Just by being yourself. Just by being and yourself. living your everyday life. And that's what we do here on Cornbread and Caviar. We're just being ourselves and we hope that you enjoy. We enjoy being us. We enjoy making this stuff for you. It's a lot of work. I feel like I write research papers every week. Like two or three of them. It's a lot of work. But I don't mind doing it because this is my motherfucking therapy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Oprah or Beyonce. Why not? Um, Brown Brilliance. So, now this, oddly enough, we've not done this individual for some odd reason. Uh, And it's not that this individual is not important to us, because he's important to us, but we have not done him. But it works so nicely with the conversation that we're going to have with you today. So, born August 4th, 1961. He's an American attorney and politician, and a member of the Democratic Party. He was the first African-American to be elected to the presidency. I bet you already know who the fuck he is. Mm -hmm. He previously served as a U.S. Senator from Illinois from 2005 to 2008 and an Illinois State Senator from 1997 to 2004. Just a quick side note here. Notice I said Illinois, not Illinois. (laughs) Don't come for the people. That's like people say Chicago. Cargo. What, where do you like see an you, R? That's like you saying Birdful. Birdful. Madeira said Birdful. <laughs> I can say Birdful. It's just Birdful. Birdful. Um, this individual was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. And after graduating from Columbia University, that is the one that's out of New York, the Ivy League one, uh, in 18, 1983, he worked as a community organizer in Chicago. In 1988, he enrolled in Harvard Law School. It's like, I ain't got to apply. I just enrolled because I'm not really, I'm sure he applied. But anyway, um, where he was the first black president, can't hint, of the Harvard Law Review. After graduating, he became a civil rights attorney and an academic teaching constitutional law at the University of Chicago's law school from 92 to 2004. The 12 years of excellence. He represented the 13th district for three terms in the Illinois Senate from 1997 to 2004. When he ran for the U.S. Senate, he received national attention in 2004 with his March primary win. His well-received July Democratic National Convention keynote address. I loved that. That was a great speech. And his landslide November election to Senate. In 2008, he was nominated for president a year after his campaign began. uh, After a close primary campaign against Hillary Clinton, he was elected over Republican John McCain and was inaugurated on January 20th, 2009 as the first brown, some would say African-American president of the United States. 
Barack Obama, Uncle Barack Obama. What's up, Uncle? Our Brown Brilliance Award today goes to you. Yes. Now, honestly, we don't know why we haven't done him sooner, but he was, it was so inspirational and brown people came out to vote like never before because of this. Like it was something to see a brown man on the world stage in one of the most powerful countries in the world being elected to the presidential seat. Mm-hmm. And I think that was absolutely amazing. It inspired me. I think I cried a little bit, um, just like I cried when I saw him exiting the stage because I knew what was coming in because y'all didn't show up to fucking vote. Um, and in 2010, when I finally graduated from college, he was the keynote speaker at my graduation, which was, again, a tear-jerking moment for me. So my grandparents got to see, well, my grandpa was ill at the time. He was ill with Alzheimer's, physically healthy well, for the most part, but his Alzheimer's was in full effect then. But uh, my grandma got to see me graduate, um, first college grad in the family, and having President Barack Obama as a keynote speaker was amazing for me, and I'll never I'm forget sure that. Um, so yes, President Barack Obama legitimately wholeheartedly um i love you we at cornbread and caviar love you yes yes Yes. absolutely now for the meat of the day now we just got done talking about barack obama and voting and how all of us brown people came out for voting Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about voting today because if we had voted the way we were supposed to fucking vote yes i don't believe that what is in office would have gotten in office that is that thing, that infestation. Listen, we're not going to take a partisan side on the podcast here because we want to encourage you to vote and yeah. express your voice. So we're not going to say be Democratic, be Republican, be moderate, whatever you are, that's fine. Be right. Yeah, be right and vote. <laughs> and honestly, it's like, it, if you had taken anybody, whether you were Republican if you had a logical thought process, you would know that what's in office is not right. If you're Democratic and you had a logical thought process, you know that what's in office is not right. I mean, what's, what's the congresswoman's name? Rashida, is it Rashida Tlaib? Is that her name? Yes. So she was banned from Israel, and you know she couldn't see where her grandmother, from, where right? she's from, and she couldn't go in there to see her grandma because the Israeli government banned her for some stuff she was... I don't know, supporting an uprising or some stuff like that. I'm not completely familiar with the story, but here's the thing. President Trump tweeted, the real winner in this situation is her grandmother because since she's banned, she can't go back to see her grandmother. That's disgusting. That was a disgusting thing to say. The shit that this president tweets, the way he handles himself, he's not very presidential. I actually liked Donald Trump when he was on TV doing, you know, so, uh, uh, reality Apprentice. TV, Apprentice, and all that stuff. That was fun. I knew who he was, but that kind of who he was should not have been in office. Now it's on a world stage. Now it's a game. Now it's a joke. Right. Which is terrible, because then other countries look at us like, ha, 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 what the fuck? Yeah, and that we're, not a, we're not a game where the United States is not to be played with. But right now we're being played with. So I'm praying that, you know, and I hope that the people who supported him have had changes of heart. You know, I would rather have a Republican president in office who knew how to be a politician, knew how to be an adult, knew how to play in the fucking sandbox with everybody else. That, to me, 
would be a better president. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying be Democratic or Republican, but if I had to pick between two Republican presidents, I would not have picked him. I would have picked the other person. So that's my point. So here's the thing. We're talking about voting today. So like recently, um, I've actually been taking a lot of pleasure in the Democratic debates because I kind of think it's kind of, it's fun to watch the candidates debate each other or different topics and kind of take strong digs at one another. Um, Like... One that stood out most to me is when Kamala Harris. Oh God, her. You don't like Kamala? You know, Kamala. I don't. After watching the debate, I was a little frustrated with her just because. Why phone? She was just going in circles. It all sounded like some bullshit to me. But then again, I don't really care for any of the candidates right now, to be quite honest. I mean, there's a few that I'm like, eh, okay, but they all just kind of pissed me off during the debate. Why like, they piss you off? They're all <laughs> stupid. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I think the presidential debates could be a time where pe- they could teach people rather than, I mean, of course it's a debate, but a lot of the stuff that they're talking about, people don't even know the one and two of it. And they're talking about the seven and eight. So they could use that because a lot of people watch the debates. They could use that time to also educate people like on what private insurance is and why they're for it or all of that. But they're just speaking to why they're for it rather than educating people on exactly what it is and then why it would be better. So, yeah, I don't know. They all left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I know they're speaking at a, on a national level and they're making right. an assumption that a lot of people know a lot of uh, the majority being and the majority is typically majority race right. knows a lot about politics, whereas right. we don't Not We don't, but a lot of us don't because we don't obviously go out to vote. We voted be- for in 2008 and 2012 because Barack there Obama was, was there. Man. It was a brown man, but we didn't vote because we knew what was going on. We didn't vote because we were mostly familiar with his policies and what he was doing. We voted because he was a brown man. Right. So that's great. Wonderful. But you still need to be able to have a logical thought process and look at each candidate. Absolutely. I like Pete, Pete Booty Gig. I'm not sure how to say his name, but it sounds. It looks like Booty Gig. Oh. Pete Booty Gig. Which one is that? He is the Indiana mayor. He's a homosexual man, Was a, is a veteran, and he's very... You know, progressive. I like it. I think it's great. Kind of like the no, no. Mayor Lightfoot out of Chicago. Oh, uh, you know, Lori I like Lightfoot. Yeah, right? yeah. Lori Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. See, I like the progressiveness. I like to see somebody different in office that doesn't fit the traditional archetype. Uh, old white dude married to a woman. This is a young white dude married to a man who's also a veteran. I yeah. like that. I, I did like the um, what's his name? I want to say his last name is Wang, and it's probably not Wang, and that is so like terrible of me Shame but on you. the the asian american man whose father created a whole bunch of technological shit or whatever i forget his name well his name i'll look it up is and while i'm looking this up i want to say that i like elizabeth warren she's talking about getting rid of my fucking student loan debt which i really need some help with i would love that but that's some bro nobody's gonna do that shit either this shit is you never know i'm hoping that they do um but it's a lot of the, actually, let me just say, um, I like Elizabeth Warren for that. The guy that you're talking about, I am scrolling through a bunch of stuff to tell you what his name is. I also like Marianne Williamson. So she's the author. I like oh, yeah. her. I, am, I love her. I do I'm like not going to even lie. I love her. I think mm-hmm. that she, with a little bit of um, polishing for, for politics, I think she might be okay. She's got to be tough with, you know, because I think she'd be. Actually, to be honest, maybe not for the presidency, 
but something on a national level here in the United States to help because I like what she has to say. She actually has a lot of valuable things to say. Yeah. She keeps calling all the candidates out for their shit, saying, you guys are talking mm-hmm. about all this extra shit, but this is not what we need to be talking about. We need to be right. talking about this, that, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I think that's important. Right. Andrew Yang is the one you're talking about. Yes. And I Yang. like that he's talking about, yes. you know, hell, give me <laughs> a, a check for a thousand dollars every month to help my personal financial situation that'll pay off my okay. student loans that'll pay my mortgage that'll put me in a better place i am kind of concerned though that um given people who don't know how to manage money in the first place giving them money and putting it in their hands uh that might be not the best way to do it but finding a way to get them that economic stimulus yes uh beto o'rourke i thought he was kind of cool beto he's uh he didn't leave an impression i do not remember who that is I liked him because at one point in a in a in a debate, he talked about. I like he flat out said the country was built off the backs of African American slaves, basically. Period. I love that. That that brought me a lot of joy to hear because a lot of people don't like to acknowledge that, and I think that's important to say. It is very important to say. It's so important. I don't want to see another old white man in office. No, I'm tired of that bullshit. I'm not gonna. I'm not no. like, and it's not a racist comment. It's just that I don't want to see the same thing in office doing the same same thing doing the same thing. No. Somebody who doesn't understand my plight as an individual, I don't want to see that either. That I, I don't want to see another billionaire in office. Well, even if there's a progressive individual in the office, their take on things could still be just that of of an old white man that's in office. So the progressive individual themselves also, just because it's a young, you know, non-brown homosexual man, they could still be, you know, privy to some bullshit. So. They could be, but they're still going to have some views that are more likened to my perspective as a progressive individual it myself. It depends on who it is, because a lot of the white gays don't like the brown gays. <laughs> so just because... <laughs> Just because there's a gay in the office does not mean a damn thing. We really need to just elect Oprah. <laughs> well, if Maria Renee, Ma- Maria Renee would say okay no, because Maria Renee is still mad with Oprah <laughs> for putting that Michael Jackson thing out there. Right? She's still pissed off. Oh goodness! So I think Oprah would be a good president. And she it was talks about her running, but I, I think she didn't go for it for real. For real, she's too busy living her life with her business. running her empire. Hmm. Cory Booker, I would be okay with Cory yeah, Booker. He's all right with his little bald head. And I'm not gonna lie, I do like Uncle Joe. I mean, you know, he was with President Obama. So is Julian Castro. They were with President Obama. So I wouldn't mind having conversations with them. Um, I also think that what we need to. What about Bernie? <sighs> so here's my problem with Bernie and Joe, old white men. Correct. I don't know. Old and older. Yeah, they were like, uh, Joe is 76, and... One of them looks casket ready, child. Bernie, <laughs> leave. Turn to dust. I'm not going to... I do love Joe. I do love Bernie. I did... Um, I forgot to mention Bernie, but I do like Bernie. But a lot of these... I just don't want to see an old white dude in office, especially with them being that age. I need somebody young with some energy that can, you know... I don't want to worry that you're going to keel over. And, right. you know, then we got to deal with the... And stop, please... Stop trying to relate to brown people by meeting with someone that you think is influential in the brown community. Because Bernie, was it Bernie? Yeah, it was Bernie that met with Cardi B at some nail salon. <laughs> that does not sway and me. And Cardi in B any like, oh, 
Cardi is <laughs> and Cardi's like, rag. yeah. She was there with her long ass nails. She is, but she has a lot of followers on social media. She's got a big rats. influence. So she's but the hood rats. What we trying to get? We got to understand the that hood rats don't go to vote, but we want them to. But they're not going to. They might. Don't. <laughs> so. Do not. Do not <laughs> so, underestimate. The power of a hood rat. The power of a hood rat. Okay. 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 Hood rats vote too. Hood rats deserve to vote. And I, I get what his strategy <laughs> is, but it's not organic. I couldn't even watch it because clearly she was told to say the things that she was saying. And she got paid a hefty for some of money, oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. I wouldn't give a damn either. Her hair okay. Nice. Old she white dude, you want to pay me to say this? You, she sure, no great. problem. She looked great. She looked Here's great. the thing. But other than that, I need to see it be organic. Yeah, it's not organic. Because I know that like you're a- not hanging out with brown people on a regular basis. If you were right. somebody that's in our community for real, for real, and really rolling up your sleeves and coming to fix our issues. Yeah. You know? Now, I like when the, when the candidates go on, like, The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne and DJ. Yeah, that's Andy fun, because they do ask them some very yes. serious questions. That's a great place for them to Has go. Kamala been on there yet? Yes. That's where she said that she used to smoke weed back in the day or oh, something. Oh, that's right. That's and right. And then people are, like, getting on her because she said she wants to... Did she say she want to ban it? I don't know. I haven't paid her. She better not ban weed. Listen. I don't know. Now, I don't personally partake in marijuana, but you should not ban it because I think it's a okay it's, thing to do, especially for I, medicinal purposes I and recreation. I know. don't think she said ban it. So no one listen to me right now. It's early in the morning. But um, yeah. <laughs> it was something about weed and people were mad at her because she said she used to smoke when she was in college or something so what shit Bill Clinton smoked and he didn't inhale well, well it was that she she said that she had smoked but something with what she wants to do now was going to like criminalize people for it so that's why people were upset uh, with her for she done lost the vote she done yeah, lost the black vote already see she done fucked like up that. I, don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing a woman Y'all in Google office it. Google it uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a woman in office too um, I like Elizabeth Warren, like I said, um, but I still really want somebody in office who really like President Obama, which I can't say President Obama more than anybody that's up there right now probably understands, well, Kamala and Corey would, but, and Julian, because they're minorities, but um, I think that they would understand, I want somebody that understands what it's like to be brown in America. I want somebody that understands someone what it's like for someone who is different than what the majority is. Anyone can understand what it's like to or, be brown in America. Who will, first-hand experience what I'm looking people for. People need to, but a lot of people just choose not to because they live in their privilege. So they don't, because they don't get treated the same, they just pay dust to everyone else who's like, well, this is what my experience. They just pay it dust. So of course there are going to be the people who experience it firsthand, but Kamala might not because she is privileged. So just because she's a fair-skinned brown woman, you know, does not mean that she experiences the same things that the people that are living on the South Side do, you know? True. So, and, she, and then there is something to be said that, you know, a lot of... That, this is funny. I'll go jump it off a topic real quick and then we'll get into more depth. But um, I was talking to one of my sisters, not biological, I don't have any biological sisters, but one of my close friends, childhood friends, who I call my sister, she's fairer skin too. And we were talking about how there is privilege associated with having a fairer skin tone. Mm-hmm. Kamala has a fairer skin tone and I think there's some privilege that she gets to access that people my shade would not get to access. She is married to a Caucasian male, I believe. Yes. And so there's, and then by way of him, for sure, she gets to, exp- ex- she's exposed to some privilege. Yeah. Um, I'm fair-skinned, and a lot of people say that I'm privileged, but where I might receive privilege, I still receive 
I don't get privileged because I am uh, I am visibly brown despite being mixed. But um, if I'm not being attacked for being brown, I'm being attacked for being gay. If it's not gay, it's because I'm feminine. If it's not one thing, it's the other. So just a whole. It doesn't take away the fact that you still get privileged. That's the point. You still get some privilege. And I might get privilege in some areas, but it, where I where I might get cut some slack, something else is not okay for someone. So it just. But you still have it. rings where you can get your privilege can take you different places. Someone like me, I'm brown. That's it. It doesn't matter wherever I go. I'm this darker brown color. I'm gonna be barred at every. I don't you have get, anywhere where I can get privilege. We, like run. We with all it. get some privilege. Some you talk good. So you get some privilege. <laughs> no, I speak well. You, Thank you. You talk good. So you get some privilege <laughs> that some people do not because you can talk wow. good. Well, I have a podcast, so there. <laughs> but yeah, that's our take on the candidates. Um, I kind of like it. <laughs> I like that Kamala, it was a good political. I don't know if I like it. I do, like I said, I like my Uncle Joe. Um, he's definitely invited to the picnic, although he's Uncle Joe, but I like Joe, Joe Biden. But Kamala, she framed him as a politician who basically in the past engaged in policy that was racially charged with the, you know, mm-hmm. um, I forgot what it was about, shuttling kids, school children. I think that was something that she really did to like, boom, she like really knocked him down. Yeah. Changed my perception of him too, so it worked. Um, but I still like Uncle Joe. Um, but then simultaneously while she was saying it, if everybody didn't catch it was when I was a child, this thing happened that you put in place. Now she's saying you old as fuck, bro. You can't run the president. You can't be president of the United States because you old as fuck and you racist because you put this racist stuff in, in place. So, because Kamala's not a young woman, I'm not saying she old as fuck, but she's not a young woman. But the fact that she called him out on that, uh, that was pretty deep. So let me see how old is Kamala? She's 54, so she's relatively young, but the fact that Joe Biden put something in place when she was a kid that affected her, and she's 54, that says a whole lot. So, anyway. Um, At any rate, some of you um, may not be familiar with these candidates, and some may be intimately familiar with these candidates. Like, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of them. I want to know what their policies are, what they're going to do for us. Um, I kind of want to marry together some policies like eliminating student loan debt and getting $1,000 a month like the people of Alaska. Shout out to the people of Alaska. I didn't know y'all was getting that. Y'all could have told somebody because I would have moved to Alaska, but y'all trying to keep it for yourself because y'all selfish like that, Miss Alaska. I don't want to go to Alaska. Alaska's beautiful. Just because it's beautiful doesn't mean I want to live there. $1,000 to get rid of my student loans? I will live in Alaska. I go to work and get $1,000 a month, so I'm not too... This is in addition to what you go to work for. I know, but the thing is I'm never... Because they can take that away like that this so i'm never going to be like oh i don't give God, a fuck what they can take away so I can I, as long as i get it coin i'm not gonna do that as long as i can get it for a little while and help me in my personal economy i will take it mm-hmm. i'm about to start looking for houses you go right but they're gonna be like oh you have to establish citizenship and this is gonna take five i have citizenship because i'm a there, united states but there citizen. specifically because i'm sure there's a lot of people that go over there just to get a coin <sighs> No, that's not how that works. We don't know. Do you know? Do you know for sure? Shut up, James. <laughs> God. It's never to be underestimated, James Brandon, everybody. Never underestimated <laughs> how fucking annoying he is. Okay. <laughs> Petty, aren't I? Uh, yeah, let me cut this shit off. <laughs> my whole point 
In today's episode, though, is to discuss voting and why it's so important for you to show up and do your part. Um, not because of someone that looks like you, but there is someone who may be the lesser of two evils, but you want to put the lesser of the evil in office or, or someone who may have great, or maybe a great, great candidate who actually can represent you, your beliefs, your values, someone who may be able to help your day-to-day life at an executive level. Um, no one will be perfect. Not even President Obama was perfect. I think he was perfect, but I'm biased. Um, but someone will, be, someone will be good in office. And it's up to you to kind of put that energy out there to get that person elected. So obviously, um, voting. That's what I want to talk about is voting. Um, if you are of African-American descent, it wasn't always easy for you to vote in America. And the road to get here was long and treacherous. But now that we've got it, we don't want to do it. So let's kind of go back briefly through the history of how voting happened and to get ourselves to present day. So let's go through a little bit of the, a couple of different eras and go through this. Now, this is an educational episode. Get your pens and papers out. Do not turn this podcast off because I will know and I will find you and pinch you and then I'll twist. You know, you get pinched in a twist. That shit hurt. So anyway, James, can you take us through before the Civil War, please? Yes. So before the Civil War, free Negroes in the U.S. had suffrage in some places. Abolitionists saw an what end is suffrage? to slavery. What is suffrage, please? Can you tell us what suffrage is? Yes, I can tell the people what suffrage is, but I'm going to Google it real quick. because Suffrage is the right to vote. Yeah. That's it. Suffrage. It's not, it's not related to suffering. Suffrage, S-U-F-F-R-A-G-E, is the right to vote. So, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure we all knew what suffrage means. Mm-hmm. Now, next, and stop interrupting me. So, abolitionists <laughs> saw an end to slavery, and many demanded further rights, such as suffrage. Dred Scott versus Sanford in 1857 held that persons of African descent were not citizens of the U.S., and the proposition to require blacks to own land in order to vote was defeated in the 1860 New York state election. Blacks with property were already able to vote in New York. And next is the Reconstruction era. The U.S. Congress passed laws favoring black suffrage. In practice, blacks still faced obstacles to vote. So some of the black codes uh, passed shortly after the legal abolition of slavery explicitly prevented blacks from voting. And most of these laws were repealed or invalidated. Now, the black codes, in case you don't know, um, these were laws passed in 1865 and 1866 by southern states in the United States after the American Civil War in order to restrict African-Americans' freedoms and compel them to work in a labor economy based on low wages or debt. And so black holes were part of a larger pattern of Southern whites trying to maintain political dominance and suppress freed men, newly emancipated African-American slaves. So black holes were essentially replacements for slave codes in those states. And before the war, some states that had prohibited slavery also enacted black codes. And I do believe that Michigan may have been one of those places. Sucks. Um, The 15th Amendment to the United States Constitution adopted in 1870 stipulates that the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. The Enforcement Acts increased federal penalties for voter intimidation, particularly by white terrorist groups such as the Ku Klux Klan. 
Ken. <laughs> Ku Klux Klan. It is. The KKK. Um, now, there was an 1873 Colfax massacre occurred when white locals fought with blacks and federal troops over black voting in Grant Parish, Louisiana. So, it's a lot. Just, and, you know, we're taking you through this so you can understand a lot of that's what's happened. Um, there, oh, this one is really deep. So, in the United States versus Reese in 1876, the court upheld voting requirements such as literacy tests, which do not explicitly discriminate on the basis of race. Now, that's some bullshit. This is another example of systemic racism. Obviously, there were lots of African Americans who could not read because they were, when you were enslaved, you're not allowed to read. Being able to read as a slave means, because listen, Education and knowledge is power. If you don't have the education and the knowledge, then you don't have power. That's why oftentimes they'll say, if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. Learn to read if you literally are illiterate. Um, and literally contact Cornbread and Caviar. We'll help you find resources. Not a problem. Or if you don't read currently, get a book and read. Find some information. Find some knowledge. But the point I'm making is it was illegal to read and not being able to read meant that they could keep you enslaved in the mind especially because you didn't have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. So back in the 1876, you can't vote if you can't read. We know that most black people couldn't read because they were not allowed to read because they were enslaved. So a lot of blacks couldn't read. They were just all about survival. So now you're going to put this shit in place to say you can't vote unless you can read. Mm, Okay. That's some bullshit. But that's what it was. Absolutely. what about after the Reconstruction era? Yes, so disenfranchisement after the Reconstruction era. Um, voting rights were one issue addressed by the Civil Rights Movement, which was 1896 to 1954. A group of black activists formed the Niagara Movement in 1905, rebuking the Atlanta Compromise and issuing a declaration which demanded universal manhood suffrage. The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People formed in 1910 and pursued voting rights in most, mostly through litigation. In Gwynn versus United States 1915, the Supreme Court struck down a grandfather clause which functionally exempted only white people from literacy tests. Now, see that? That's some bullshit. If you're white, you don't have to take a literacy test. But if you are other... <laughs> Other than white, you need to take a literacy test. If you can't pass it, you can't bullshit. vote. Right? We need a bullshit chime. <laughs> I'll just sing it every time. <laughs> we don't know if your voice is good enough because you are a singer. I, however, am a vocalist. We're not even going to do this. We're not. We're crunched for time. We're crunched so for time. But we're not rushing because we're giving our people quality. That's why I'm the executive producer because I know that my people deserve quality. So, so the civil rights movement brought new attention to black voting rights. So now we're in the civil rights. So we just went through, you know, pre-Civil War, um, Reconstruction Era, after Reconstruction Era, now we are in the civil rights movement. So the 24th Amendment to the United States Constitution passed in 1962 to 64 banned poll taxes as a precondition for voting in federal elections. Basically, you got to pay to vote. And then again, systemic racism, a lot of people did not have the resources to pay. Okay, look at this. Check this out. Try to connect some of these uh, systemic racist practices in today's society and figure out, try to think about how these things are happening right now today in some ways. So uh, in 1962, 
for if the, the poll tax were banned as a precondition for voting in federal elections. The Supreme Court ruled against state poll taxes in Harper versus Virginia State Board of Elections in 1966. Civil rights leaders began organized campaigns to register black voters, including the federally endorsed Voter Education Project. Okay? And then a particularly intense voting rights struggle in Mississippi led to the death of Medgar Evers. I'm sure you all heard of Medgar Evers. This happened in 1963. So... Um, there was the Medgar Evers, like like we just said here, was like a a voting struggle, and he died because of it. Right, so deep, deep, deep. So organizers uh, wanted to create the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party to challenge the white dominated Mississippi Democratic Party. So even if you're a Democratic, I want you to understand something, folks. This because you are Democratic doesn't mean that. Um, Democrat doesn't necessarily equate to black and Republican doesn't necessarily equate to white. Some Republican things could be something that you are more passionate about. Some things that some policies that Republicans are looking for could be more aligned with your vote values and some things that are Democratic could be more closely aligned with your values. That's why it's important for you to be knowledgeable and make decisions based on you reading and understanding for yourself. Don't just say, oh, Democratic, uh, oh, Barack Obama's Democratic, so that means I'm going to vote for him. No, understand why you want to be a Democrat. Understand why you want to be a Republican. Why? Okay? Um, then also during this period, Malcolm X delivered his The Ballot or The Bullet speech of 1964. Dope-ass speech. I became acquainted with it like maybe a year ago, and I kind of watched a little bit of it where I could find it, and it was dope. Very good. Malcolm X was very prolific, as was Dr. Martin Luther King. But, of course, we all know Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Okay, um, and I think I did a random question on one of the episodes that said, "Would you rather be Malcolm X or Martin Luther King?" So I think I did that before. Yep. So now, James, can you tell us what some of the contemporary, more modern day issues are with respect to voting rights? Yes. So the practice of gerrymandering, which for those of you that don't know, is manipulating the boundaries um, to favor a certain party or class of people. Um, so the practice of gerrymandering and the creation of majority minority districts have sometimes been identified as threats to black voting rights in the U.S. The Supreme Court limits the 1960 Gamillion decision in Mobile versus Bolden in 1980, distinguishing between racist effects and racist intent and prohibiting only the latter. The court ruled in Shaw versus Reno, 1993, that if a redistricting plan is so bizarre on its face that it is unexplainable on grounds other than race, it must be held to a strict scrutiny standard under the 14th Amendment. The court has since struck down redistricting plans for racial gerrymandering in Miller versus Johnson, 1995, Bush versus Vera, 1996, and several more cases. The film American Blackout alleges that disenfranchisement of black voters in Georgia led to the defeat of Cynthia McKinney in DeKalb County's 2002 Democratic primary. The Supreme Court struck down part of the Voting Rights Act in Shelby County versus Holder 2013, holding that the racist practices which necessitated the necessitated the law in 1965 no longer present a problem in 2013. <clears throat> Enough of the history lesson. Oh, is this you right here? <laughs> what? what? Sorry, my eyes are acting up. That's okay. You're getting old. 
just to kind of go over gerrymandering a little bit again, and James gave you a definition, and I found another definition to try to make it make a little more sense. But basically, a congressional so a congress congressional district. They what happens is the powers that be they try to redraw the lines of the congressional district, or maybe it might be an oddly shaped congressional district. So let's just say it's a bunch of Republicans that live here. And but there are some Democrats that live here, too. So they might draw a line that encompasses all the people who are Republicans and they need to get those votes in a strong because the more districts you win, the better off you are. So if you draw weird lines around a congressional district, then you can get those votes and you can win a district. So that's another district that you get. And then um, the impact could be. It could actually hurt the party who's trying the, uh, the opposing party, or it could help the party that's trying to win. So it's just a way of drawing a cong- congressional district to get more votes in a particular area, and do that enough times, um, then you win. You get more power in Congress. So um, it's an illegal practice, but it is difficult to prove. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So enough of the history lesson, but we did want to go back through that because I think that it was important to kind of know that. So um, I didn't really like, you know, in grade school, I didn't really like civics and all that shit. But as I've gotten older, I'm starting to see how important it is for me to really pay attention to it, know what's going on because it's affecting me as a brown man. Okay. So um, now I want to kind of have a brief discussion with you about how the voting process works. So you start out with primaries and caucuses and, um, Caucuses meet, like in caucuses, they meet to discuss and vote for who they believe will be the best candidate. And a caucus is a group of people who share your common beliefs, et cetera. So it might be a bunch of Democrats or a bunch of Republicans, a bunch of moderates, a bunch of people in a Tea Party, whatever it is. A caucus is a group of people who kind of share your beliefs. And they get together to talk about who might be the best candidate. And then primaries, the party votes um, in the state election for the candidate they want to represent them in the national election. Then each party holds a national convention. They select that presidential candidate. That candidate then selects a running mate or a VP candidate. So that's like when Barack Obama was doing it. He was uh, elected on a national level. Um, Then he selected Joe Biden. Okay. So then after that, the candidate from each party, they then campaign through the country in an attempt to win the support of the people in the general election. That's where we are right now. Just like James was talking about with uh, Bernie Sanders meeting up with Cardi B. That's where we are right now. That's... They're meeting up But see the thing about that is Like we talked about James It needs to be More organic It needs to be You know Authentic I don't want to see you Hanging out with my people Because you want our votes Mm -hmm. I want to see you Hanging with us Because you legitimately Understand our struggle And you legitimately Want to help us out So Just hanging out with us On GP That's not going to work You know So hmm, Bernie You I'm not even thinking about you Anyway I like you Uncle Bernie But listen Okay Yeah um, after that election day comes, people cast their vote and that's called the general election. <sighs> Here's the part that a lot of people don't know. When people cast their vote in the, in the general election, which is also the popular vote, you're actually selecting the elector from the electoral college who will then cast his or her vote, which should be based on the popular vote to formally elect the president. So if you didn't know, your vote does not directly select the president. Your vote, um, there are, are 
uh, states select. So let me just say this. The Electoral College is made up of 538 select, uh, electors. These electors are based on the number of people that are in Congress. Um, I believe each senator, I think there's two senators per state, and then the uh, representative, House of Representatives, is based on the population in each state. Okay? So, and there are 538 people in Congress, therefore there are 538 electors um, in the Electoral College. So these are people who, once you select your popular vote, uh, once you select the pre- person you want to be the president, then that tells the state who the electors are going to be to go cast their vote. So now we're going to go and this Democratic elector or whatever, they're going to cast the vote for the person that you want. They actually go and cast their actual vote. Then a candidate needs 270 votes in order to... Uh, win. So you'll see when their race is going on, you'll see how many votes they're getting, and you'll see the race, and they'll say, this person's up now, this person's up, this person's candidate's up now, blah, blah, blah. Once they get to 270, once they have acquired 270 votes from the Electoral College based on the popular vote, because uh, once the popular vote goes in, that tells them the states who to send, which electors to send to cast a formal vote, um, then that person has won the presidency. Boom. They're president for four years. So this is kind of an oversimplified way um, that our our process works here in the United States. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of get into that more, but I want to just do a high level right now just so you can kind of understand that you go cast your vote. That's considered the popular vote. So all of us, you know, we your vote counts. It does count. It definitely counts because the electors are going to vote the way that you tell them to vote. Because if you vote <laughs> Donald Trump, the electors are going to select Donald Trump and then he'll be in office and it'll be a shit show. Okay. Right. Let's not let him get back into office. Republican or democratic, we can get together on this. It doesn't matter. He does not need to be back in office. I think we can all agree on that. Period. So, um, I'm not sure I understand the necessity for the electoral college. I think that my vote should directly select the president, but this is how it works present day. A lot of shit happens. and It's very archaic. We need to reform a lot of shit in this country, but However, um, that's that. That's how it works. Popular vote then tells the elector who to vote for. The elector votes. That's the official vote for the president. 270 votes needed from the electoral college out of the 538. Boom. We have a new president. Okay. So James is going to go over some voting types with you. Yes. So um, first and foremost, we have the absentee vote. So voters unable or unwilling to vote at polling stations on Election Day can vote via absentee ballots. Absentee ballots are most commonly sent and received via the U.S. Postal Service. Despite their name, absentee ballots are often requested and submitted in person. We have mail ballots, um, which are similar in many respects to an absentee ballot. However, they are used for mailing precincts where on election day, no polling is no polling places opened for a specific precinct Um, in Oregon, Washington and Colorado. All ballots are delivered through the mail. We also have early voting ballots. So early voting is a formal process where voters can cast their ballots prior to the official election day. Early voting in person is allowed in 33 states and in Washington, D.C., with no excuse required. Um, And then I have some um, key key voting methods currently used in the U.S. So we have paper ballots. One of the earliest forms of voting, paper ballots are no longer used in many election precincts, often only in primary voting in smaller communities and absentee balloting. With the paper ballot, voters mark boxes next to the name of their candidate of choice, then drop the marked ballot into a sealed ballot box. 
We have lever machines. Now considered a quaintly mid-20th century balloting method, the voter, after entering a solitary booth, pulls levers on a mechanical device similar to a vending machine. Each candidate is assigned a lever, and as the voter pulls the lever into place, a register at the back of the machine keeps the score. These machines have been phased out in all but a handful of U.S. jurisdictions. Punch card ballots. Punch card machines have fallen into disfavor and have been abandoned by most states after their ignoble starring role during the 2000 election cliffhanger in Palm Beach County, Florida. With punch card balloting, a voter employs the mechanism on the machine to punch a hole next to the name of his or her candidate on the ballot. Gaping flaws in the system became obvious after the 2000 election, when punch cards in some Florida localities were found to have multiple punches for one office. Others had holes that only... Um, are only partially pushed through, making it difficult for the cards to be properly read by machines. Now, here's the thing with that. Now, look, that was some bullshit, because I remember that. That was some bull. That was bullshit. Now, that is in 2000 when um, Clinton was leaving office and George Bush, the son, came into office. Now, how in the hell is you, are you running for president and in the state... Florida, where your brother is the governor, it just so happens to be some kind of snafu with hanging chads. Those little things that you punch out in those punch cards that James just told us about, you punch, it's like a little needle, you punch the hole through it, and then like it is perforated. So when you punch it, it comes out without tearing the whole sheet, but then the little punch comes out and it's a little hanging chad there. If the chad doesn't come all the way off, they're like, well, did they mean to punch that? They made it a whole thing. Mm-hmm. They made it a whole thing in the state where Jeb was the governor where his brother was running for the presidency of the United States. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why that shit's not favorable anymore. Right. Go ahead, James. Um, we also have touchscreen voting. So high-tech devices resembling the automatic teller machines widely in use at most banks across the U.S. Touchscreen machines were widely employed after the punch card debacle of the 2000 election. In Florida, for example, 15 of the state's 67 counties, jurisdictions representing more than half the state's population, purchased touchscreen equipment after the 2000 presidential election. But U.S. states now are rapidly abandoning the technology because of concerns about its security and reliability. The shift away from touchscreens rapidly has been gaining momentum. Election data services estimated that half the electorate used touchscreen voting in 2006. This year, less than a third will be using the touchscreens. Some voters reported problems, including that the machines sometimes registered a vote for the wrong candidate. Critics also have said that electronic machines are susceptible to tampering, even though election experts maintain there is no definitive proof of this. And then last but not least, we have optical scanners. Many localities, disillusioned with touchscreen voting, have been switching to paper ballots that can be read by optical scanners, the same technology used by U.S. students taking standardized computer score tests in school. Optical scanning equipment is being put in place in some jurisdictions because, unlike touchscreens, scanners maintain a record of each vote in the event of a recount. So far, that sounds pretty secure. But then you got those poor districts and uh, poorer states and poorer counties that can't afford this technology. I don't trust any of this shit, honestly. I ain't gonna say. Yeah, I don't trust any yeah. of this shit. Still vote. Let your voice be heard, but we got to figure out how to reform the whole political process. Mm-hmm. It's just antiquated and outdated. And I'm so glad to see, you know, uh, more diverse Congress 
you know, diverse senators, diverse representatives. I love it. So anyway, mm-hmm. so that's that. Uh, this was a relatively short episode today. Um, we wanted to go over this stuff because I think it was very, very important that we do. Well, it's not sure how long we how long we've been talking, James. An hour. That's sure. We go an no. hour and a half, two hours. That's no. us. Mm-mm. Anyway, no, you don't know that. No, you don't know that. You know what? If you have anything you'd like to add about this episode, reach us at eatcornbreadandcaviar at gmail.com. Slide into our Instagram DMs at eatcornbreadandcaviar. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you want to know where we got the information from, a lot of it came from Wikipedia. We have other resources we pull from. Um, some of it is just my personal opinion or James's personal opinion. But if you want to know where our sources are, we'd be happy to share those with you. Um, a lot of it you can just Google. But this stuff is important for you to know. Know your candidates. Get familiar with them, Republican and Democratic. Make the best decision for your family that most, close, that most closely aligns with your values and your beliefs. Um, now for the positive vibe. Now my positive vibe is very simply this. Um, I just want to encourage you to vote because 2020 is an election year. I do want you to vote. It's absolutely essential that your essential that your voice is absolutely heard. And now that you learn about the voting process at a high level, um, that you know that your vote does indeed count in a popular vote, it is your duty to do so. I get it. In the last election, you weren't so excited about voting because no one looked like you. President Obama was inspiring and charismatic, and he looked like you. He made you want to vote. But he did say at some point when this thing, this disease, this cancer that's in office now got in office, he said he'd take it as a personal insult if brown people did not come out to vote. Please don't let him down again, okay? Please. Um, if you want what happened to happen, if you want what happened last election to happen again next year during his voting cycle, keep your ass at home and don't vote. But if you don't like what's happening, if you think it's a game, and listen, quite frankly, I know that a lot of people, you don't immediately see and you don't obviously overtly see the effects of having a president in office because it's happening at a national level and there's a lot happening on the world stage, but it does have, it does affect you right in your own state, in your own County, in your own town, on your street, in your house. It does affect you because it's all about systems and all these systems that are affected at a federal level. They then affect you at a state level, then at a local city level, et cetera, et cetera. So please understand it's important. You may not see it overtly, but it's so important that you get out there to vote. Get out there, cast your vote. Your vote counts. Mm-hmm. James, any closing comments? No, I don't have any closing comments. That is your closing comment, that you don't have any closing comments. Then I guess that is. <laughs> My closing comments Please vote I just said it in a positive vibe Please vote um, So listen folks As usual It's me Ramon I want to thank you For listening today um, I did enjoy discussing This topic Because I thought This was important I've been asking A lot of people And having a lot of Political discussions With people in my Neighborhoods and communities Just talking to people As I often do They didn't understand What the electoral college was Why it was in existence Etc And I said Like I said We'll get into more depth On future episodes But I wanted to give that to you At a high level So that we can at least Be ready to talk about it And listen Share this episode Please because people Need to hear this They need to understand this um, And it doesn't cost you anything To subscribe Rate Comment And share It literally costs you Nothing But a few seconds of time You can find us On iTunes Stitcher Google Play, and Spotify. We're out here, so help us out and share us out. 
If you want to connect with us, comments, questions, concerns, um, hit us up at eatcornbreadandcaviar at gmail.com or slide into our DMs again at eatcornbreadandcaviar on Instagram. Hit us up on our DMs there as well. Listen, this is Ramon, your host, and we are out. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Join us October 24th through October 27th at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival. The collage of sound, sight, taste, feel, and scent of Detroit from all walks of life. Join Piper Carter, Frida Sampson, Unicorns Are Real, Josh Adams, The New Kids, Group Text, Jennifer Crawford, Care Michigan, Audra Carson, My Natural Hair, Cornbread and Caviar, Kari Frazier, Sterling Tolls, Bodie James, and more artists. The Detroit is Different Festival provides you the rare opportunity to witness, experience, and familiarize yourself with the diverse subcultures that make Detroit different. Experience this all for 50 bucks. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com and get your tickets today.